Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Let's Kill Twitter, the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Let's Kill Twitter is recorded live and on Zoom and this week featured comedian and actor Richard Sandling. In the days before we recorded, Twitter was absolutely dominated by the news of Matt Hancock's affair. So we had to have a medley of tweets about that. It would have been rude not to, quite frankly. But also in Richard's selection, we discussed the world's most popular emoji, the careless civil servants who leave the nation's secrets on the bus, and Wi-Fi fascism in trendy cafes. We hope you enjoy the show. Please don't forget to follow us on Twitter at LKTZoom. Good evening and welcome. It's Sunday night. It's eight o'clock and you're watching Let's Kill Twitter with me, Julian Hall. This is the show that Kill aims Twitter to detox... Oh, I know, I've got... I've got... This is the show that aims to detox... Oh, I know, I've got... Hang on. This is the show... Let's get rid of that. You see, this is what happens when your Mac crashes and you have to use everything on the PC, so I'm literally being heckled by Twitch. But this is a show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation, and thankfully, I don't have to do that alone. Joining me tonight is comedian and actor Richard Sandling. Uh, I'll be introducing Richard properly in just a moment. But I think we should do some admin after that <laughs> extremely fluent start. Um, basically, we're streaming on Twitch, which I just had to switch off because it was heckling me, on YouTube and on Facebook. So obviously you'll be watching us on one of those. The key thing is that the stream of the show will be available on YouTube and Facebook after we finish recording. Um, but please do watch it on YouTube because the quality is better and it would be great to get a subscribe on YouTube from you. Now, speaking of things, all things subscribey, uh, one of the key things is to follow us on our Twitter account at LKTZoom, which you can see next to me, of course, on the screen share, and it will be scrolling above you on a uh, ticker along with uh, Richard's uh, handle as well. So that's basically all you need to know, because if you do want to comment on the show, uh, ask questions, share your favorite tweets, and so on and so forth, then please do do it all through the Twitter account, because uh, that's basically what will have my BDI on all night and I don't want to do too much multiple screening. So without too much further ado, it gives me a great pleasure to introduce Richard. Richard is an award-winning stand-up comedian, actor, writer, and content maker. He's won the So You Think You're Funny Prize in Edinburgh and the Edinburgh Fringe Panel Prize, both very prestigious awards. He was the only British nominee at the Comedy Central Awards in New York. Um, meanwhile, his acting uh, careers included film credits such as This Nan's Life, Night Shooters and A Fistful of Lead. And his television work has included the Catherine Tate specials, Peep Show, Miranda and Russell Howard's Good News. And I'm smiling because I've just been re-watching Peep Show recently and seen that episode quite recently. Um, Richard's a huge film enthusiast and runs the Squat Betty Avant-Garde Film Night, which is a short film night showcasing experimental cinema. He also runs Richard Sandling's Perfect Movie, which is a film-based live comedy show which he's performed at festivals all over the world since 2009. And intriguingly, Richard has run a number of corporate film events, uh, including Small's The 48-Hour Film Challenge and Lionsgate's Jason Stathamathon. And I shall absolutely be asking him about that. Please welcome Richard Sandling. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a buyer! God, I can't believe I'm not doing better. Uh, <laughs> it was, it did, it, it was a like buyer. This guy. <laughs> Who's this guy? I know. It's, <laughs> it's a pleasure to read that one out. I have to say. <laughs> so yeah. what's, what's how, tell me about the Jason? Let's cut to the right. the Jason Stathamathon. <laughs> Basically, um, well, Lionsgate. Uh, uh, it was when Blitz for Blitz, the film Blitz, I think it's just newly on Amazon Prime, I think. I can't remember. It's Blitz, which is the, uh, it's based on a series of books. I think it's Jason Statham, and it's about a serial killer uh, in London who sort of kills coppers. And to, like, promote that mm. movie, they had, like, a press day where we watched uh, four Jason Statham movies, including Blitz. Uh, and I just had to host it, like, because I love massive Jason Statham. And I, un unironically, is it unironic or non-ironic? I don't know, but unironically properly love Jason Statham. 
uh, and all his films. He's the, pretty much the only actor, I think I've genuinely seen all their films. I will go and see a film he's in, regardless of whether it's any good. And obviously, if you've seen a lot of the early works of Jason Statham, you'll know that uh, even if they're not any good, applies to quite a lot, a lot of the <laughs> early works that aren't, that aren't Guy Ritchie related. <laughs> uh, that is devotion. Well, you know, in, in the name of the King of Dungeon Siege drama is not is not the greatest film ever. But, you know, watchable, watchable, because he's in it. It's great. Uh, so I just basically got to hang out in his, like, plush cinema in sort of, in sort of London and just introduced four, uh, four Jason Statham films, including Blitz, which none of us had seen before we, we watched, uh, watched, watched Blitz. Have you met the great man? I have not, no. Oh. It would, uh, it would, uh, it would be an honour, although I don't know what we'd have to talk about because I'd just spend the whole time going, <laughs> really hard. Think... I basically would have to chat because I've spent the whole time trying to pretend that I was cool about it. I was like, yeah, all right, mate, all right, how's it going? You know what I mean? I'd be like, yeah, all right, mate. Do you think, you'd, do you, think you would? Do you think you'd be a bit like Jelly? I don't know. It's very <laughs> hard to say because obviously you work, you know, you work in comedy, you know, you know comedians, you've done stuff with comedy, you know, you're in that sort of, you're always meeting people mm. and it's amazing. You never know who's going to be the person that you're like amazingly shook by. Do you know, like you can yeah. meet like a massive big name and kind of be like, actually fine when you meet them. You meet someone else who like matter, who matters to you. It's usually they matter to you. You like do because I remember like the first time I met, the first time I met Jim Bob from Carter, I was just like, oh, <laughs> oh, like just because it's like it's Jim Bob from Carter. Do you know what I mean? It's like the first time I met him, I just suddenly went, "Why's my voice done that?" It's like because I suddenly did without realizing it was massively nervous. But then you meet other people, <laughs> like you know, like not even objectively, just like twenty times more famous, and you're like, "Oh, all right, how's it going?" It doesn't like doesn't sort of affect you. You know, it's really weird how. So maybe I'd be cool. Maybe I wouldn't. We'll have to. Well, you know what? There's only one way to find out. Let me meet Jason Statham. Yeah, I think we need to. I think we need to get that sorted. If we can do it through let's this show, let's, let's crowdfund this now. Never mind, like sick kids needing transport. This is what we need to uh, get behind, guys. We need to crowdfund me. <laughs> oh, totally. That is really interesting because when you were talking about that, I was thinking I've had an, uh, a former life as a diary correspondent, as a gossip columnist, essentially, yeah. and I met quite a few famous people through that, as well as subsequent jobs in comedy and what have you. Um, and it's interesting because with, I mean, some of the, you know, some of the politicians are kind of, uh, you know, more more fearsome than you think, but you kind of go with it because I'd worked in politics sort of before that. I mean, John Major had a lot, was a lot more steely than you would ever imagine, you know. Yeah. Um, but the the one that I kind of sort of gibbered uh, at was was the late Roger Moore. Um, oh, obviously, I mean, it, but I imagine that's, but that's the weird thing because you know he would be like you put you completely at ease. But obviously, who wouldn't want to meet Roger Moore? I mean, Roger Moore is one of those, you know. There's obviously when you grow up a fan of things, you know, lots of those actors are no longer with us. And Roger Moore's one of those people. Who go, I bet it would have been lovely to meet Roger Moore. Do you know? Like, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like it's a shame I'll never meet Roger Moore. Uh, but when, when you meet <laughs> like, someone and you have to, and you sort of preface it with, oh, I really like all your movies. I mean, I didn't quite say that, but it was close close enough. Uh, I think you've always got that kind of thing of like, tell him he's the best, tell him he's the best Bond, tell him he's the best Bond. But um, anyway, so, I mean, you've had a fantastic, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've, you've dip dive into some fantastic things. I mean, I, I, I was saying, we were chatting earlier um, in the ante room, the green room, about when I first met you, which was when you were hosting a night uh, with Arthur Smith, we, uh, Annie Hall was, was screening. And that was such a lovely evening. Now that, but that format, was that a kind of that was a special, wasn't it? That wasn't the perfect movie night, or was it? Maybe it no. Was. That wasn't that wasn't like a gig. That wasn't a gig that I organised. That was like where they oh. asked me. They asked me to just to host the Q and A. Like, well, oh, you like films? Yes. Because uh, what people, I think, is the thing about doing perfect movie and stuff like that. A lot of what a lot of people forget, and it's very, it's a really weird thing that people don't know this, is that around like. 2008, 2009, when I started doing, well, Perfect Movie was 2009, but when I started doing my, like, VHS shows in, like, 2006 and seven, and, like, there wasn't really nerd comedy like there is now, like, because you sort of wouldn't get booked. I'm not saying Jonglers was the only thing, but you wouldn't do, you couldn't really do a Friday night of Jonglers and talk about comic books and things. So when I would do these things, it was like, oh, you're obviously all the comedians like films and all the comedians know about films, but not, I was like the only one. They said, you know, cause you oh. make you nope. funny and do that really well. And also 
talk about what you know. I just took that really literally. I was like, well, I know videos and films, so I'll just talk about that. So because I just did that. But then it kind of made me like the film guy. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I got like stuff like in the... And then people go, oh, I'll get Richie to do that, you know, and then I would do my show and it would get actors to come along and do Perfect Movie. Well, they go, you can talk about films. Like, oh, I never get to talk about films. I love films. And then, you know, that was, that was genuinely a thing that people go, I never get to talk about this because I can't because I have to get booked. You know, it was <laughs> like, it's really hard for people. We're doing this on Twitch to people who game while people watch them game. You know, it's like to imagine that not like over just like 11 years ago <laughs> like everyone was like what's this guy doing he's talking about films and popular culture this is madness like it was kind of a really odd like a really weird standalone <laughs> it was a weird thing you know it wasn't obviously the only one but you know what i mean it was a very weird like you know it was... <laughs> you're the guy so why did he... <laughs> yeah and we were talking um sort of earlier as well about i mean uh, well, one of the things that I haven't seen you basically since probably since that um, show with Arthur and also maybe a couple of times in Edinburgh. But we were talking about people being sort of conscious of each other. And of course, social media is the way that that is. So I follow you on, uh, you know, we're friends on Facebook and and now I follow you on Twitter and, and what have you. And and that's kind of uh, the way that we sort of kept in touch. I mean, one of the things that, that I noticed as well is that you... Um, you're very good at um, isolating tweets, that are good tweets, and sticking them on, on Facebook. And I just wondered what that sort of... Uh, I mean, generally, I want to ask you about what your relationship is with social media. So, I mean, uh, you know, if you sort of cover that as well. Uh, well, I kind of... <laughs> I mean, I love that you do that. It's what I'm saying. It's that I love that I... Yeah. Because basically, I just instantly go back to Twitter and, th and you know, once you've posted something on Facebook and, and just go, right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stick that tweet in the account, etc. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's tricky because on Twitter, you can retweet, but it's very hard to find that person on Facebook sometimes and then like do their post. Like, so I have to screen grab it, but I try to screen grab the thing I do on Twitter. If I use someone else's thing, you know, I try to use someone, if I'm going to copy someone else's thing, I try to make sure that I include their Twitter handle in the photo just so that like people can then find that person on Twitter. So sometimes you can't because sometimes if they've posted an anonymous thing, but where possible, I try to make sure that you know who's done the original thing. That's why retweets are so nice on Twitter. You go, I like this. And then everyone go, oh, that's them. Uh, but yeah, I just think also it's just finding things that are funny. I think that um, Twitter and Facebook, like I think social media is a bit... Uh, so, well, it's just sort of not really very social anymore, is it? That's the thing I struggle with, is the fact that it's just it's just everyone I sort of know or used to know 15 years ago moaning, uh, <laughs> which is fine. The world's awful. But I also would like to know like what you're up to. Like, I don't see you in real life. Apart from when there was a pandemic, I don't see all you people. I'd like to know what you're doing. It's just, that's where friends are here, because I want to know what you're up to. And everyone's like, oh, for security, like for people feel security conscious, like they can't share their lives because it's giving too much of themselves away. And sometimes people are just, they just want to moan about things. And they're not saying these things they shouldn't moan about, but I'm like, I, I kind of haven't seen you for three years. I'd like to know what's going on, guys. And then that's the thing I sort of struggle with. Uh, so, so I just, but I mainly try and keep my thing, my, my stuff light, not necessarily, uh, you know, I'm not saying you sh if you don't do that, there's something wrong. You know, it's your Twitter feed, it's your social media thing, do what you like. But I do feel that, like, it would be nice. I do think it's important to, like, break it up a bit with a bit of whimsy every now and then rather than just be like, this thing is awful. It's like, I know, this thing is awful. It's like, yeah, I've just read it. It's especially when it's, like, 55 people all telling you the same thing's awful. You're like, I know, I know, mate, I know. I know. <laughs> I've seen it. Uh, well, that, I mean, that's supposed... not even just, like, bombardment of misery. It's like, yeah, but in that thing that was awful... When you went out and it was awful and you stubbed your toe, I stubbed my toe, this is awful. Yeah, I know. But did you do anything else that wasn't stubbing your toe that I also might like to know about that was maybe I had a nice cup of tea? Oh, but yeah, that's, that's like going back to old school social media like it was, like they just had a cup of tea yeah, yeah. kind of thing. I mean, back, you know, it wasn't yeah, that yeah. long ago we were ridiculing social, ridiculing social media for being I've just had a cup of tea type tweets and now, and now it's just like, oh, no, go back to the tea, put the kettle on yeah. again. Also, I mean, there was a time on social when like Twitter first, say when Twitter first started, but like when I was first on Twitter, people would go like, "Right, I'm going to bed now." <laughs> Do you know you'd like sign off for the night, like going to bed now? And it was like, it's a bit, I suppose Twitter was a bit like the news. You, know, you used to just be on. You go like, oh, from like nine till ten, 
there'll be Twitter, and then it's not on for the evening. But now it's like 24-hour Twitter, and you're just like, what's going on? And it's all people just moaning, uh, you know. What's, what's your sort of biggest in- engagement on social media in terms of like a successful, a successful tweet or post or, um, or something <laughs> that's, that's just sort of... Or something that's just sort of rumbled well, you know, on. Yeah, well, there's a thing. Well, I made a tweet. Uh, my probably my most successful tweet. I can't think where it is, but I made a joke when. Um, all I did was I think when they found out that Gillian Anderson was going to be in the Crown, <laughs> I made the joke that Gillian. Uh, I'm not. I think I can't remember exactly what I said, but it's like I think I remember that wording. But it's. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Gillian uh, Anderson as Margaret Thatcher is going to be quite the uphill wank. <laughs> Yeah, I remember seeing that one. And it's yeah. like every now and then that like turns up as like a, a like. It's every, it just like never stops. It's like hundreds of retweets. It's like probably my most successful tweet. It's basically a puerile statement. I'm making. I'm, I'm, look, I'm <laughs> telling with all these like brilliant. Like that. I, then, I, like... I've, I've totally made. I've totally made a note to find that later because I I do remember it at the time. Yeah. Um. So I'm definitely. Yeah. Gonna, I'm definitely going to find that later and, and post that. Um, there, but yeah, I mean, it's. I'll um, never be. I've never got anything funnier than that. You think it's a bit depressing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose there is something slightly. Yeah, there is something a little bit. Um, you know, about the mortality when you do when you kind of cross that Rubicon. Although I'm not sure that I sort of cross. I'm still there. I'm still there, like you know, some sort of uh, you know, younger gen person trying to get this sort of the almighty tweet, like the kind of. It's like that guy, that line in um, Leonard Cohen. Sorry to quote Leonard Cohen, but there's the. Uh, you know, the car, the dealer looking for the card that can't be beaten or whatever it is. I'm looking for that tweet, essentially, but probably not, you know, probably not going to find it. Yeah, yeah. Having said that, I did have a good crack at that this week because of the crazy frenzy around Mac Hancock. So we're going to obviously talk about, yes. I mean, I'm amazed I didn't, I, I, if I hadn't been heckled by Twitch, I would have mentioned Matt Hancock in, in the intro because it has been a crazy three days on Twitter. Uh, I mean, I woke up on... Um, I kind of wish I'd gone to bed really late on Thursday so that I could have caught the news uh, at the time. But then you sometimes think, well, if you do the tweeting then, does anyone sort of notice? But I was up quite early anyway. And, and I was like, wow, this is like kind of huge. And, and, you know, I was sort of I was looking at all the tweets on it. And um, I was looking at, you know, sort of tweeting out a few funnies myself thinking, you know, Oh, traction, traction, I need the dopamine, I need the dopamine likes and retweets, yeah. I need them. Um, well, we should do, we should do, it's been, it's been a difficult three days, but it, we should definitely uh, honour this event uh, and do, I mean, I could have stuck so many tweets in the, in the likes column in this, uh, it, it's sort of crazy, uh, but I know people were enjoying Twitter and then, and then not enjoying it because it kind of just became sort of overload after a while. And now there's all the business with the sort of press invasion of privacy um, and whatnot. But when it first broke, one of the first tweets, this is a kind of slightly more ruminative start to it. One of the first tweets is from Janine Gibson, who I think is still at, um, she's now assistant editor at FT, but was at BuzzFeed. And I worked with her briefly at The Independent, but I don't think she'll ever remember because she was very senior and I wasn't. Um, but uh, she tweeted, leaving aside whether you think ske- sex scandals are scandals, etc., etc., when was the last time a paper managed to hold a scoop so late you woke up to a proper eye opener? And I did think that. I was just thinking there was like was no leakage of this story um, yeah. until that time that the button was pressed. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, quite quite incredible stuff. But then obviously what happened is that. Well, you, you had the kind of, this was the Sun's front page um, and this was our first, my first tweet, I hate to say it, but if the Sun had run Twist and Trace. Um, <laughs> so there was, I mean, basically you just couldn't move from seeing this, this photo. Um, so Matthew, um, Matthew Hyten, um, as a uh, comedian, has uh, cut and pasted it in, in the in-betweeners scene here. Uh, Matt Hancock with real in-betweeners energy. Undeniable sixth form energy about that kiss really. So I love the way that he's caught that. Uh, I mean, it was just field day for comedians, obviously. And also in, in the case of Sean Walsh, uh, a field day for, for him to, re- well, redeem himself to some extent. Uh, having a bad day, Matt Hancock, just count yourself lucky you don't have to learn the Charleston. <laughs> um, 
and it got to the um, it, yeah, so it got to the point there where there's a the lovely tweet here. Paul Duane, can you can you mute a photo? Because literally, this image. I mean, again, we had a bit of I had a bit of fun with it here. Um, Tell me, I'm fucking hopeless again. Was the was the sort of tweet gag here? Uh, and obviously, the sun. I mean, how protective of an image do you want to be? And just look at the the emblazoning of that yeah. image. So there were tons uh, tons on here. I l and then then of course people going back to previous. Matt Hancock um, photos as well they might. Uh, yeah. So this one here from Carl. Uh, this is the karaoke pose. Yeah, yes, I like Gina Collada and getting caught by the sun. There were a couple of variations on that, but I thought that one was um, was particularly good. And then just before I let you in, we, we basically then went into the we crossed the Rubicon into the video uh, element because you just knew that was coming really. Um, yeah. And we had, I mean, there's, there's Olaf. I'm going to play just very short excerpts of this. Olaf Falafel's tweet uh, was basically uh, a mashup of Matt Hancock and Alan Partridge. That, that is superb. <laughs> oh, there you go. It's all happening. <laughs> do, you, do you mind if I talk? Uh, it helps me uh, keep the wolf from the door, so to speak. <laughs> So obviously, fantastic. Let's go and see that. And then there's um, Munya Chihuahua basically put uh, it's a shaggy parody, uh, sort of begging to be done. Let's just have a little short clip of that. Could I forget I wasn't wearing any BP? Though she hasn't had a vaccination, she got a little break from me. Mr. Hancock, tell me, are you high? Are you burning? Having an affair, this guy was trying to be conning. They should call him Dominic because he's always coming. When he sees a Sky News cruise, his man is running. I can't believe this man is house secretary. Fondling the bunda, caught in 4K. Having an affair, trying to do a Boris J. Two meter distance apart, no yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, fantastic, obviously, check that out. I mean, thousands of you have already checked that out, but we have to, we obviously have to sort of honour honor that, I feel, in the, uh, was the holy trinity of treats. I'm going to just do one more, and then yeah, Richard yeah. will chow down on it. This is Jackson Davies, uh, and uh, this is basically the Matt Hancock video, but it's the end of a Big Brother episode in 2004. <laughs> I, I, that one really gets me, and I think that's probably um, an age thing. It's just, that's yeah. when I watch Big Brother. So, uh, and I always have this memory. I think it's the first series where it's Anna the nun, and it, uh, the end of the episode is literally Anna looking through some photos, and then you get this pumping poor oak and pole track. It's like <laughs> she's looking through a photo album. Uh, I will shut up now, and I, I would love to know what what your instincts were when all of this was going on. Obviously, there's the political side of it, and then there's the humour side of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where everyone's like, on the one hand, I think a lot of people are saying, like, um, you know, it's not funny, this is really serious. Do you know, like, it, either it's serious because this isn't the thing that we should be firing him for because like, of all the things he could resign for, it's, like, something that isn't that like bad compared to like being responsible for thousands of tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of deaths and like you know there's lots he should be uh, in prison for uh but instead he gets to resign because he snogs because he snogs like you know <laughs> like snogs someone uh so people again but we also like we need to laugh at this you know like we need we need to be able to go like we need to be able to laugh at this it's important that we can laugh at like at it if if laughing at it uh, isn't the correct response. We need to be able to laugh at it rather than just again be bogged down with the hopelessness of how awful everything is. <laughs> like that's the thing. But it's not like anything bad happened. It's like he's had to resign. It's not bad, is it? Like he's resigned. It's not. He's not like been fired. He's not like not getting his pension or his severance pay or or he's not going to prison. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like he's basically just gone. Oh, I'll just remove myself from public life then and just you know. But thankfully, he's given like a billion pounds worth of bungs to people, so he'll be fine. Do you know what I mean? Like literally, nothing will happen to him. He's just not the health secretary anymore, I and mean, he was shit at that anyway. So I mean, there were, there were clearly, obviously, a number of points in which he could have, you know, he could have gone. Um, 
I mean, the, the, the latest sort of, well, actually, it wasn't some of the tweets uh, that I picked up on recently um, asking questions, which were, were sort of starting to be asked at the time, but let's have a look. This um, It's Deborah Meaden and uh, Carol Cadwallad are basically asking the same question. Now the important question, who leaked the picks? Why? What's their end game? Uh, Carol Cadwallad is just saying, it's not a resignation, it's an execution. Someone's been sitting on that footage for a long time. So why now and to what end? I mean, you know, I mean, if you'd have gone after the, the Cummings, I mean, I suppose the reason you didn't go after the Cummings WhatsApp scenario is that Johnson doesn't want to do anything that looks like Cummings is pulling the strings, I suppose, essentially. But he could have gone. I mean, he could have gone before that, obviously. There were so yeah. many times he could have gone, but... Well, it's like he's not going to resign, so this is like you've got to resign. It's also it's like a convenient way of making it that he... It's basically, it saves... It saves Boris Johnson firing him for behaving exactly like Boris Johnson. What's <laughs> so basically, the newspaper leakage has basically essentially made it goes, I'll resign. And Boris Johnson hasn't got to be a hypocrite for firing him for doing everything he's done. So it's like makes it a lot simpler to get rid of him. But it is interesting. I mean, it, you know, it's like, well, why wouldn't you just let him it sort of play out at the end of the pandemic? And then, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I suppose he was losing a lot of a lot of credibility. He was, yeah, so he was losing a lot of charge. But it, yeah, and this obviously well, has been sound. They're both like Machiavellian, Machiavellian, you know, like geniuses, but also completely inept. So it's very hard to know how much of this is actually like an end game, and how much of it is just the fact that they're sociopaths. Do you know what I mean? It's very hard to know, like, mercurial sociopaths. It's very hard to know, like, like what if there was actually an end game? Like, really? Well, or just or just the incompetence. I mean, one of the tweets I picked up just before we came on was, um, just having a look through the timeline, Hugo Riffin, spare me the constant yeah. Twitter conspiracy theories about Story X being released as a distraction from Story Y. This never happens. It's chaos out there. Nobody is in charge of anything. I mean, I don't know if it never happens, but the amount of stuff that is um, put down to sort of some kind of conspiracy theory is, yeah, yeah. is, is a daily sort of um, basis. And there is a tweet. I didn't bother sort of sticking it on, but there was a tweet. I know it's going around basically saying, you know, what, what what's the relationship between the, the sort of the Sun News Desk and, and the government, which is always a fair enough question to ask so i get it yeah, it's the same relationship it's been for well, like since since the 70s well yeah okay but <laughs> but i mean you know in terms of the actual transaction well i mean okay could be being yeah. very naive here, but in, in terms of the initial transaction someone's yeah, yeah. someone's either tipped them off to look for something or some someone has seen something and knows they can yeah you know, knows they can make some money out of it. And obviously... Well, it's like all the newspapers have got something on everybody. It's just whether they decide to use it and when. It's not like, yeah. you know, like everyone, if any newspaper wants to do a hatchet job on anyone, they've got, they've been amassing this their entire lives. Do you know what I mean? And like, it's, like, it's not like, so they would have had that, but that's just something, you know what I mean? Like, I know that's the thing, but like there's, there's, there's stuff they've got. They just do we use it or do we like do we still like them or not? Yeah, then we will just keep it in the we'll keep it in the drawer. Yeah, I mean they, that's exactly how a whip's office runs uh, for a for a political party as well. I mean they they yeah. they know there's stuff that, that that's there to get leverage. You don't necessarily use that leverage immediately. Um, no. But I mean, you'd be curious to know if there was initial sort of initial someone who sort of struck it lucky by seeing the footage, thinking right, I'm going to pocket. I mean, the, yeah. and the transaction was done and then sort of banked. Because if you yeah, do, yeah. And if you do sell something like that, I assume you could probably sell it for an amount that's going to cover you for the uh, for the sacking that you will probably get. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is an inquiry, but you know, I mean, I, I assume that's going to come. I think that's an inquiry that surely is going to be done before the COVID inquiry. But yeah. surely it's going to report back before then. <laughs> an inquiry. I mean, that's good. I mean, if there's one thing I've learned. Uh, from this government is that inquiries sort everything out. Absolutely, so it's, it's really it's really good news. <laughs> yeah, we should be playing a Matt Green video right now, shouldn't we? Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a it, like you right you, you know in the sense of saying look we had to laugh at something and certainly that's the initial reaction. I don't think we've had a tabloid sort of stitch up like this for quite a long time, yeah. and because there is such a six form energy about. Uh, Matt Hancock is something that uh, our previous guest Callie Beaton was talking about last week and is just obvious from that sort of photo. Yeah. 
I mean, the weird thing about all that branding, the sun branding on that photo is it makes it look like there was a kind of school disco glitter ball in the office <laughs> with them. But, but, you know. but there are obviously this fallout from this. There's all the stuff about, you know, Hancock's wife. I mean, he basically said it was over on the Thursday night after the sun call, he received the call from the sun. You know, and it's awful for his kids. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really, you know, there is, there's a total, there's obviously fallout, um, from this but in terms of yeah i mean in the context of the government looking a little bit like it looked in the late in the sort of 1997 which was just sort of like mired in in sort of scandal but it it weirdly where that's a different electoral sort of cycle um and i don't know whether it's the social media is, is an element of that that it kind of burns out every every scandal we've had gets sort of burnt out on social media and when when the first scandal doesn't shift anything then you're you're just watching other cycles yeah. doing similar things i guess but it is amazing i mean i do find it it's amazing that he has gone given that they don't care and they have no shame do you know what i mean like they're just going mm. you know they're literally going like i've just seen you do this this thing and he goes um they just shrug and go what are you gonna do about it and then just carry on do you know what i mean they literally just go tap do, do something about it then, and then just carry on being awful. So I don't really, so I am a little bit confused as to why he's like, oh, I'll go then. It's like, <laughs> is there something much worse than like? <laughs> well, I think I in this occasion, it was the fact that, so the Boris, the, 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 the Forest, Boris phrase is, um, I mean, I think that again, there's a, there's a tweet from, um, oh, hang on, I will get it, I'll get it fairly soon. I think this one, there we go, Armando Nucci. Considering the matter closed, it's not the same thing as closing the matter in much the same way as thinking you did the best you can is not the same as doing your best. So, you know, previously, it's been a, you've been able to say that and there's not been any dissent, whereas it was a kind of... Um, the problem for Hancock this time was the fact that um, there, just, there, weren't any, there wasn't anyone speaking up for him and, and, but, and there were one or two voices who, you know, were actually starting to actively say that he should, he should go. Um, I mean, to be fair, there were one or two voices saying that during Cummings in 2020, the, the sort of the Rose, pre-Rose Guard, Barnard Castle fiasco. But um, it's, I guess that's slightly different. But, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's certainly, I mean, look at all those guys like who were sort of pumping out. The, I mean, it certainly was a, a boon to creativity yeah, wasn't yeah. It, over the weekend. You got a laugh, you know what I mean? It was like when we found out. David Cameron had sex with a dead pig to impress people. He's just go like, you know, it's like this is the best thing. Everyone's like, you're being infantile. You're missing, you know, you're missing the bigger point. No, no, can we just please, can we please just have a day where we can laugh at the fact that this awful person had sex with a dead pig <laughs> to impress? Like, I mean, and the, the weird thing about that is, that even though Twitter was around at the time, I don't. Maybe I just maybe I wasn't on it enough like these days. But I don't remember constant um, pig memes. There must have been. No. There must have been. But no. you know. I mean, there should have been, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Live at the butchers. Yeah, I, think, I mean... Progression, didn't it, where, uh, of like, what gets you... The progression of the news, like, the, the, the sun influence, was that, like, you have that. So there was, like, you know, Miliband sort of has a bit of a crap sandwich. As a crap <laughs> bacon sandwich. sandwich. Like, and he basically loses it. Essentially, like, they use that to lose the election. Then, within, like, a year... We find out that David Cameron was a bacon sandwich. It's <laughs> 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 that ridiculous. Oh right. yeah, no, that is that is true. It's funny how memes sort of in, increase and the intensity of them increases. I, yeah. I, I find that really interesting, and you sort of get a reminder. There was an interview with Douglas Coupland a couple of about last weekend, I think it was, and he basically said that you know. I was talking about the 90s being uh, a time when there were about six memes a year or something like that. Whereas, <laughs> you know, now it's like six a day. Um, anyway, I, I, yeah, I think we've covered that, uh, uh, the Hancock. Uh, My favourite thing is this, this on the back, on her back, the way he like does the sort of magician's card, uh, the way he holds her back. Oh, uh, God, right. Well, when he, you mean when he's not busy holding her buttocks? Yeah, he's doing the sort of magician's... <laughs> Uh, so you've chosen you you were very um, you're very kind to choose uh, tweets that are not related to Matt Hancock. Um, I just thought, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, you were quite right to Richard. I'm, I I really appreciate that. Um, and also, there's a yeah, there's a whole world of Twitter out there. We 
uh, we've we've definitely featured a lot of tweets. So where it's would you like other to? Tweet, other tweets are available. Other <laughs> tweets are available. Um, so where would you like to start? Um, well, up to you. Well, you, you dealer, dealer's choice, mate. Dealer's okay. Choice. Well, let's let's start with the, the Wi-Fi angst here um, from Tom Ward. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Tom, uh, there we go. There's his uh, his. Uh, I'm going to follow him. Obviously, that would make sense to do. There's his bio, uh, and the tweet is either it's 1995 and pi well, sorry, the picture is a uh, very nice looking outside sort of cafe. I don't know where it's taken. Uh, it says we do not have Wi-Fi. Talk to each other and pretend it's 1995. I've seen that in other places too. Uh, well, that's probably the largest one that I've seen. And Tom's tweet is either it's 1995 and pints are £1.50 or you turn the Wi-Fi back on, you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is, is that a bit of a bugbear of yours as, as well? I mean, it is a bit of mine. If you go into a cafe and you want to do some work and, yeah. and they've taken the kind of, uh, you know, uh, that attitude, essentially. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not so much that. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's not like you don't have to have Wi-Fi in your cafe. That's fine. Like, you don't have to. Like, that's not, I don't think that's what's annoying me. It's like, it's this sort of like, um, I don't know. You know, it's just like, it's like they just haven't, un they sort of, I mean, I've spoken earlier about wanting a bit of whimsy, but that's like, that's the sort of infuriating twee shit that as soon as you give it a second thought, it just crumbles and it's just, shit. Do you know what I mean? And it just makes you seem like you're an idiot. Like, not like the person who really. Like, if you just went, they go, we don't have Wi-Fi, talk to each other. Because if I went to talk to each other, I'd like, I would go, I would walk through a park. Like, I wouldn't come, you know what I mean? It's like, I am going to talk to them, but I also need to check that I'm not getting an email. You know what I mean? It's like, I also need to check that that thing's <laughs> coming through. Like, I'm not going to sit opposite someone with a computer and not ignore them. Like, I'm going to talk to the person. That's why I'm here. But also, it would be useful if we have my phone on. But also, we also have roaming data. So we can just wow. have our phones on, like if it's a phone. You know what I mean? If it's a phone. So it's all the. But it's just this sort of like, I can't. I really wish I could put into encapsulate exactly what it is. But it's like when you. It's a similar thing when you go to a restaurant and they go like authentic, uh, like authentic Vietnamese street food. And you go, oh, so it's going to be a dollar, is it? No, it's going to be nine pound fifty because <laughs> it's like it's in it's in London. But it's not authentic Vietnamese street food if it's not a dollar. <laughs> like, there's this sort of horse shit. Like, but true, pretend it's 1995. <laughs> oh, okay, then. Then, uh, like. <laughs> the art of it is charging $9 and making it taste like it's a dollar. But yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, that's just, it's actually, like, you know, you just made me think about, um, you know, if I go to a cafe with someone, then, then yay me. <laughs> I could talk to someone. What a, what a novelty that would be. But. In on the usual occasion, it will be, and there are many of people like me who will go in there on their own, and yeah. they will need to do some work, or they will need to check their phone, or whatever it might be. So actually, it's just another stigma for the sort of the singletons to sort of have to yeah. sort of. Yeah, yeah. It's like being in a restaurant, you know, reading a book or, or whatever it is. And, but also, it just shows them like it's not. I would, people use the phrase like disrespect, but it also just shows a massive disregard for an understanding of the psychology of what you are offering as a business. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, you can do decor. I can't go in there and expect you to like, put my music on your playlist. Do you know what I mean? It's like things I can't expect you to do, but then you can just like, sort of this sort of thing. You're just gonna go, you can just also like, I don't have to come in your cafe, mate. I can go to a million cafes. Like, <laughs> you know, like there's a million cafes, don't have to come in here. Don't sort of tell me off for need for wanting to like, you know, don't tell me off for coming in your cafe. <laughs> like, this is bullshit. Like. Really. Also, that's not that is not charming and whimsical. That is like aggression. That's basically passive aggressive horseshit. It's pretty You're big. Right? It's pretty big. I have to say, it's in uh, yeah. It's pretty big. It is. I can see the aggression there. Uh, but I love obviously. I love the way he's turned it around to sort of like yeah, okay, charge nineteen ninety five prices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you're in. Um, well, I mean, I've been, I've been to places where the, like, the rules are there's no electronics, but that's like the rule. So it's not that you know that when you go in in mm -hmm. advance. Like, I've been to like clubs, like sort of uh, meeting places. Um, well, the idea and also there's like no networking because the idea is it's supposed to be a social club like if you want to network or do business talk you have to like leave go outside or there's like if you want to make a phone call there's like phone booths where you can go and make a phone call but basically you don't disrupt everyone who's just having basically having a chat because the idea is you meet up for a chat but that's a specific thing where you know that that's the whole point of that place that's not just like you're going into a yeah. cafe and they go, actually that's know. usp by the sound of it or, yeah. or yeah. no yeah. It's, it's usp like, is no usb yeah. some, some of us some of us like the diogenes club vibe of uh, <laughs> being on our own <laughs> in silence <laughs> like, yeah i guess that i mean going to down to some kind of don't make me talk to people i don't want to talk to people <sighs> 
<laughs> well, I mean, look, let's not. We haven't got. We haven't got time to uh, to delve into that. What that kettle of fish? But <laughs> although I'm sure it will come out in, in other tweets. Um, um, some, the, the onion is gradually being unpeeled. Absolutely, <laughs> totally. Um, oh, uh, gosh, it's so. Oh, I really like these. But which way should we go? Oh, look, I'm. I'm going to have to go. It's got a bit retro, '90s retro. This, but um, yeah. I'm going to go to film days. Uh, Tweets. Do you want to do you want to talk us through this this one? Mate? Well, I just saw this just like a thing because I'm I'm a massive fan of film Twitter. Yeah. Um, but obviously not necessarily. Also, like, I love films, but I sort of the one thing I don't like is uh, like everyone's opinion about films because most people are, I find film Twitter it's like who's the quickest to be loudest to be wrong, uh, and it drives me up the wall because uh, like, this film is awful or this film is brilliant. It's never like that was all right. And then two years later, you'll sort of watch it. You go, that was fine. Don't everyone was moaning about. Like, but everyone's like, ah, oh, immediate. Uh, but this is, but I do like a sort of when people who are like not mean spirited, like review something okay. and they sort of nail. Like, as even though I like the Blair Witch Project, it's not a perfect movie, and it's quite funny when someone sort of like hasn't got into the swan, has got so into the spirit of it that they like so basically they've just written what's your favorite letterbox review so people review on letterboxd you can sort of it's like a sort of like a sort of more user-friendly nicer imdb basically okay. <laughs> right. is it's like oh you just go oh, i've watched this film so it's kind of like you know you like user or but like you would review it. this is just a great one where someone's reviewed megan <laughs> Uh, as reviewed the Blair Witch Project and said it took me 20 additional minutes to finish this because about halfway through my television turned itself off and I just thought they'd put the camera in their pocket or something <laughs> oh it's just beautiful I mean that's just that's beautiful that is like reminiscent of the best Amazon reviews essentially yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, it made me laugh but it's just a thing that I was thinking like I don't have that when I, but I do watch films where you're like oh like because well, if they're mean spirited I don't like people who like a mean unless the film's like an absolute you know, deserves a kicking. Very few films do deserve a kicking because making films is very, very difficult. Uh, as a filmmaker, it's very hard to make films. So even films that are bad, like just yeah. the sheer admin of having completed it, like that should kind of be respected. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, well, that's that yeah. you've made a film, that should be a three out of 10 automatically because it's finished. Uh, you know, like I feel like, you know, people are a bit harsh on films. But then there's some films which is just like Hollywood movies can be very lazy and underwhelming. And I think those films deserve more like ribbing than someone. Basically, if all you're doing is taking the piss out of someone who tried, you should like fuck off as far as I'm concerned. But like, <laughs> you know, something like this where it's just like. That's, that's the old exam paper that you get a couple of marks just for putting your name and the date on the yeah, exam paper. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But that's, but I, and also I sort of thinking about. Um, so this was written was this written in 2018, yeah. So it's watched 28th of June 2018. So nearly 20 years after the film came out. And in fairness, God, it was hyped at the time, but the hype has died down in the last 20 years. So you could almost forgive someone for sort yeah. of plucking it out yeah, yeah. and and making that sort of yeah. mistake. I mean, it's a beautiful mistake, I have to say, in all innocence. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's just also, even if it's not true, and they've just said that as a sarcastic joke, it's a funny joke. So yeah, it's one of those things like. If they yeah. genuinely, if they genuinely did that, that's really funny. And if they pretended they've done that, that's still really funny. And it's a great fake. Thing yeah, actually, that's why it works. It's like you go, ah, oh, never happened. All this like, uh, fake never happened. Before fake news, there were these like fake never happened people. As if like, I don't care. I just want to laugh. Like someone made a joke, and you have to go like, you know, when you watch comedians and they go, like, so I was in the shops. You go, he was in the shops. He just had to say I was in the shops. So you know where this happened. But you're like, so there was a there. You know, think of it. Literally, you go. Name somewhere a woods. I was in the woods, and the base doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are. But they go, I was in. The, you were never in the shops. That sort of people on Twitter. It's like it did, did happen. I'm paraphrasing because if I told it exactly like a documentary, it wouldn't work as a joke or an anecdote. I have to like put myself into it and like trim it down to 140, 280 characters to make this joke work. But I'm basically telling you what happened, just to make it to get for Twitter. Like fake. It's not fake. Like, what's wrong with you people? Like. Did you laugh? Well, that doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. It was a joke. Like, come on. I like that because that's quite a good riposte to the uh, DHOTYA brigade, isn't it? There's the whole yeah. hashtag about didn't happen to the year awards. So as soon as something comes on, um, and, and it's always quite difficult, sort of, you always get that double edged when you share yeah. something like that. Uh, and actually, yes, you're right. In this case, 
I'd love to think this film review was yeah. beautiful sort of ignorance, but actually, um, yeah, my money should really be on the kind but of spoof also, reviews. Yeah. But yeah, I had a thing where like someone, because it's like I had someone give me a, a fake on one of my like, but really early on, and it was that weird thing. Where I was like, oh, that's weird, because I like it wasn't fake. So it's really weird. Of all the things I've like, like you know, all the nonsense I've spouted, a thing that actually happened to me is the one where someone, but also they didn't follow me. And there were no hashtags in it. So how have they found that tweet? I've no idea. They went, fake. And I was like, it isn't. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, oh, I think the idea is, is that I then reply and go, no, 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 it wasn't fake actually. No, no, it was real. And then they like wind me up more than I wind up. And then they laugh and I'm in a mood. And I think the idea is that that's what they do. I remember it was someone who was quite famous for doing this. And I think Vice magazine described him as Twitter's white knight, which as you can only imagine, like, you know, how fucking awful that article would have been. Uh, <laughs> like, first three things to go when the mute button came in. <laughs> but um, my mute button, brilliant. No Vice magazine articles ever again. Uh, but, they, um, <laughs> but then it was like, but I just felt really sorry for him. Like, I genuinely was like, oh, I think that's actually quite, like, genuinely, like, not, oh, that's really sad. But I genuinely was like, oh, I think it's really sad. He's like, coming on all these Twitter feeds, like reading it and then going fake to things that he doesn't think really happened just to like sort of wind up the person. Sticking like, these things in his virtual in and out tray. Really, like, I'm just like, that's really, that's actually like, really but sad. Like, I feel it, really sorry for this it, person. Like, that really like, what a loser. Like, that's so sad that he's got such a pathetic life. Actually made me really upset that someone is that lame. <laughs> I, well, it's, it's really like, um, I can't remember which book it is, but it's one of the, uh, I think it's the end of, uh, I think it's in Life, Universe and Everything, where there's the alien whose job is to go round to the universe and basically just insult everyone. And he's immortal, so he's done it. Well, so he's basically around to do it to everyone who exists. And, and then there's a lovely little bit of dialogue where he asks the computer which film he has seen, you know, seen less than six million times. Uh, it's a bit like your life, I think. But, <laughs> but it is, and I do remember reading and thinking, wow, what a cool job. But it's a bit sad when you actually see it um, on Twitter. I mean, did you end up in a, in a sort of Twitter ding-dong with this guy? Or oh, did... I just, I'd never engage with any. Right. any about anything because it's like you know you know how you win an argument online don't have one don't have one right <laughs> plus i don't ever really post anything contentious that people would uh want to uh like act you know i don't really ever write anything that contentious sometimes people are like get a bit irate with me but not really i don't write anything controversial yeah. <laughs> I might make a sarcastic comment that people don't understand his sarcasm uh, but yeah. other than that like I'm not like you know there's not like if you go through my tweets you're going to find a load of like edgelord oh that was a bit that was a bit of an underwhelming episode of Doctor Who tonight that's pretty about as controversial oh, as it is God, I, mean, well, yeah. I don't know yeah. I don't know yeah. People get very angry about stuff like that. Be yes. like, and I'm just like, well, I mean, I've even stopped doing that now because you go, there's no point because all that is is negative. There's no point just pointlessly spouting negative, even if I thought it. I'm like, yeah. don't even say, don't even say, don't even say minor things like that anymore because not because I don't want the hassle because it's just not worth putting that much negativity into the world. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, and it, but it will, and it is like you know, you will step on a sort of subcultural landmine if you. I mean, look at the yeah. way people get upset about TV comedy. It's like, oh, God, yeah. Don't yeah. They? Yes, no, very good. Uh, good. Good lesson there, good lesson. Um, right, okay, this is a bit of a classic, actually. Um, so uh, I don't know whether uh, we mentioned, because we both know who Tubbs is, but, but they don't put their real name on uh, on Twitter, so we won't. We would just call, it, call them Tubbs McGuire. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I'll let you, yeah, let you read this out, um, and uh, we'll, we'll go into it. Yeah, well, it's just, it's just, I'm no spy, or am I? But pretty sure I wouldn't be printing classified documents and reading them, waiting for the 176 classified Ministry of Defence papers found at bus stop in Kent. So this is what we've got. This happens so many, how many times they just, like, leave a dossier in a pub, or... This is like, it. This is what I, I was going to say. This seems to have happened yeah. quite a lot. It's actually. just like... But also, it's like... 
Like I like when I I do I get like casting sides through for like an un like you know expenses only short film and they make me sign an NDA <laughs> and like you know I get like my name watermarked on the PDF. Do you know what I mean? It's like people who are making like that. They're like before he even comes in to read the script, need the NDA before he even send the script. Are you paying him? No, but we you know it's all everyone's really like weird about that. I'm like you know for like some student short film and I'm like. Not lost a script yet. Do you know what I mean? These are like the Ministry of Defence. <laughs> They're like, what are you going to do? I think I'll just print off this entire, I think I'll just print off the nuclear launch codes and then read it on the bus. Do you know what I mean? Just, but also not be, you know, like, you know how, like, are you ever out and you'd like, I, no, I take... I'll just stop you there, Richard. I am never out. No, I'm no. Um, well, in the you park, know, maybe. I my bag a lot and then yeah. sometimes you go out without your bag and the whole time you're going, oh, God, no. No. My bag at home. So if you're out with like national defence documents, you'd be aware. You know what I mean? It's like this is not like losing your umbrella because it stopped raining. And you never needed it. Do you know what I mean? This is like your whole. You work for the Ministry of Defence. You're reading Ministry of Defence things. I'll just put this down there, and uh, you know, it's like what's going on. But have you noticed that you know there has, like you say, there've been a lot of stories like this, and in, and they've been exactly like this. They've been they've they've been lost on a bus, on a train. Uh, in a, in cabs. So basically, the answer is the civil servants cannot take public transport. It's just like if you don't drive your own car, forget it. Also, it's not like it's not like you know. Sometimes you like you sit down, and your keys will fall out your pocket because you know what I mean, or like you know what I mean. It's not like that. It's just, this is like this is like a paper. This is a paper document. You know, this is like a. It's like a you know. I mean, remember phone books. Remember hey, remember phone books. Remember phone books. Hey hey hey, phone books. Uh, it's like phone. They're like it's a proper like wadge of paper. It's not like it's not like a bit of paper where you put your hand in your pocket, get your wallet out, and a bit of paper comes out. You're holding like a dossier of paper, like you which should be weird enough as it is because you know yeah. who, do, who does things in hard copy anymore. So there's a bit of an irony to this in the sense that the documents themselves, say say for example, I don't know, you printed off this document and you haven't kept an mm. an e copy or many e copies. So, and you're that's actually making it more secure by having it in a hard copy form, yeah. but not if you go, <laughs> if you go, yeah. you essentially airlocked air your, your, your documents, but not if you then leave it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, I'm there's just got... loads of people picking a leaf in through paper thinking, Wow, I've never seen one of what's this? This is yeah. loads of A4 pa paper well, sort of stuff. Together. Know what it was. I mean, if I saw that, I wouldn't go, Oh, someone's left some classified. I don't know what classified documents look like. Do you know what I mean? I would just assume it wasn't that. I wouldn't pick it up. Do you know what I mean? Like, also, it's COVID 19. Who's picking things up off a bus seat? Yeah, I'm maybe less inclined to. <laughs> so we can <laughs> like, narrow it down to someone who wasn't wearing a mask. But... Just sitting there with their, like, with their sort of found half portion of chips from Chicken Cottage that's on the back seat. Oh, that's what's this? Oh, I'm not Lovco. I just pick anything up, mate. Well, they're kind of lucky because usually half the time the people that find well, I suppose it's, it, it, the chances are, but the people that find it generally don't know what it is. They know that they have to hand it in somewhere. That's that's how we know these stories because yeah. they have people been returned returned to sender. And you know, it's it's a really clued up people who were there literally just taking a photo of every page with their iPhone before they send it back. You know. Maybe it was Matt Hancock who left it on the uh, bus, and they were like, "Quick, snog, snog that bird!" <laughs> Quick, yeah, snog yeah. That bird. Maybe it's all got it's got something to do with Cummings again. I don't know. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> well, there we go. This is the latest instalment of Whoops. There go my my papers. I'm looking for I'm looking forward to sort of seeing what routes they. Uh, you know, maybe there's something if numerical going on in terms of like there's a code thing, like the next yeah. the next room is part of you know some kind of yeah. uh, release code. Um, so, all oh, right, okay, yeah, let's just go random now. Let's just do the one up here. Fe so, tell me what Fest Hole is and, and read out the, the, the tweet. Well, I quite like Fest Hole. Uh, it is one of those, because on Facebook, I basically uh, I sort of unfollow and mute most like actual real people. And now I just follow things that are either amusing or informative. When I say informative, I mean like archaeology magazines and like squid networks and like, you know, things like that, like things that will make yeah. me laugh. Or things where I go, I like archaeology, I like history, let's watch that, you know what I mean? Or like film art. Uh, so Fest Hold is where you anonymously confess to things. <laughs> like, oh, okay. uh, and some of it is obviously quite harrowing because <laughs> it's like proper confession. Mm. And some of it is just sort of stupid things like, oh, if uh, I was at a house party in 2018 and uh, I uh, like shit in someone's bed. 
yeah, that was me, sorry. But they don't say who it is or what, you know, so it's like, or like, you know, this is one, I'm just, I just like this one because it says, uh, when I it's need like a new pot printer... bits for normal people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when I need a new printer cartridge, I buy a new one, then take the old one back to the store with a receipt claiming it didn't work. Stuff at customer services always give me another one. I've been doing this for about five years, no one's ever twigged. Oh, uh, brilliant. What I, because uh, I had this, because I, we had to, our printer stopped working or my printer stopped working. And I realized that buying a new printer, which came with two ink cartridges, was the same price as getting the ink replaced. Like, so essentially, every time I need to change the ink, I could like buy, a new, so I was gonna buy, I was just gonna buy a printer every time I needed to change the ink and then sell the printers on eBay during COVID to like, uh, like set up a, like a sort of secondhand printer service. Cause it's like, Instead of paying £30 for ink, I could pay £30 for a printer which comes with two inks and then sell the printer. Oh, God, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. I, uh... It's very sort of like Adam Sandler with his coupons in Punch <laughs> Drink. This is going to be 5,000 pots of yoghurt so you can get a free holiday. We <laughs> found a loophole in the system. Oh, dear. Well, this is all just uncovering this cu cupboard full of printers that you've got. Yeah. At home, yeah, it's crazy. It's it's a weird economy, print the um sort of printer cartridge economy. It has to be said, especially with self tapes. They're like, just print the sides out. Go, do you have any idea how much printing things cost? Like printing things, like people work in office, and like they have no idea <laughs> how much printing costs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you have when you have to pay for ink and paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't know they're born. They don't know they're born. They don't know. You don't know. Oh, we and we we've saved the last spot uh, yeah. to to QIA. Oh, emoji. I mean emojis. Good God, we could we well, be here all night. Like I'm a recent convert to emojis. Oh. It was out of necessity because okay. I'm not people like I don't hate text. I mean, people go, oh, I hate text speak. Do I don't mind. Like I don't mind. Like I, I I'm I, I'm a writer. I love slang. I love like colloquialisms, cadence. I like sort of you know idiot cultural idioms. I love it. But there's also, there is illiteracy, you know, that, that is like people who just are just not putting any effort in to spell things properly can be irritating to read, especially if it's all in capitals or, you know what I mean? I'm not like a there, there, there sort of pedant. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Okay. Important um, distinction. Glad you made it. Well done. And like, <laughs> but then sometimes, like, but then I would have situations where I would like, if everyone's using emojis and you don't use emojis, people sort of don't know if you're being serious or not. I found that people were like, not knowing if I was joking or not, or whether when I went, oh, that can just sod off, whether I was, like, angry or not. So now I have to basically put emojis at the end, just as a sort of, like... Yeah, sort of dummy guide, you know, sort of dummy's guide to what... Dummy's guide to nuance. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... And also, because even if you send someone a funny WhatsApp message or something, and they write and they write back, ha, 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 that can sound sarcastic. But three, like crying face like three like laughing crying faces isn't so you're going yeah you're going that was funny which yeah. if you go ha 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 it's like you could go like Ugh. and then there's like a whole thing it's like ha 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 and ha 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 they mean different things or they can intone intone different things or you could inter you could like infer different you know it's like it's a bit of a minefield so i basically have to start putting in emojis now just because like otherwise I can't guarantee people know that I'm joking. Well, no, exactly. I mean, there is a kind of there's a lot of nuance lost in a in a straightforward email. I mean, even or, or message of any kind, unless you're using emojis. And although it can seem really cheesy to use an emoji, emoji, it does yeah. sort of get you out of a yeah. of a spot. Actually, yeah, well, that's, you that's go, good. Oh, sorry. You know, you go, oh, sorry. Then you can actually have that face. Someone can be putting that face while they read it. Like it does help. It does help. Yeah. <laughs> As, as, as has been covered by many tweets, uh, far better psalm or succinct than me, you can't just rely on, like, the appropriate placing of question marks to show that you're, like, excited but not but not a psychopath. Do you yeah, know? Like, I know. Oh, well, yeah, or the overuse of exclamation marks or all those pitfalls. So this, this yeah, so this is from QI or uh, QIpedia. Uh, in 2021, the crying emoji became the world's most popular used, sorry, the most used in 2021, the crying emoji became world's most used emoji. Previously, laugh cry had spent years in the top spot. So is that a sign of the times that we're just more miserable now? I think so. But also, I think, you know, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, it must be. But also, I think people love, people love a bit of like, people love a bit of sort of 
reality TV drama, don't they? So I'll post things on Facebook which are like just a joke. And I'll get that sort of hugging the heart emoji, like, oh, mate, I'm so sorry. Like, it's not, oh, mate, I'm so sorry, Joe. It was a joke. Like, it was a joke. So I get a feeling like a lot of these, like, crying emojis, or people will go, like, you know, they'll put that in as a sort of, like, oh, when they get a curry, but they'd run out of korma. They'll put that in, it'd be, like, a joke. You know, they'll be, like, they'll be, like, over-exaggerating that thing. You know what I mean? Like, so I think probably what's happened is people are, you know, people are making jokes about how terrible everything is, more than people are going, oh, yeah, that was really funny. Uh, so I think that's probably what it is, yeah. I think. I I Although it's quite worrying that they know, how they would know this, that they've obviously got a thing which tracks everyone's emoji use. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's true, just like everything else. But, um, well, yeah, maybe, well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a measurement of, of the kind of, of, of sort of yeah. happiness, I suppose. But yeah. like I mean, the emoji test. It's like the Turing test, but it's like the emoji test. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, what you said earlier actually kind of just made me think, yeah, you're absolutely right about how... So you kind of assume that, that Twitter is going to be um, slightly more... Yes, there's a load of funny tweets, but people are kind of really going to get to grips with the slightly more miserable stories, whereas Facebook should be the refuge if you want to go yeah. just to find out how people are and what they've been up yeah. to and all the rest of it. But actually, you can see stuff on Facebook which is actually far more sort of vicious and infighty even than on a, a Twitter thread. But also, you can write more, so it's like it's, it's even more turgid. So you get a thing where you oh, go, wow. you see your post, and it goes more, oh, more, oh, and then there's another more. I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not going to read this. It's too, I know. Too, too much. I know. Too, could, could, could be telling me, it could be listing how brilliant I am. I'm not going to read I it. Know. It's, 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 like, it's just like literally, if you I've can't. Never read, no, sorry, I'm just, you know, if you can't, if you can't say it in, oh no, we've we've got we've got. Sorry, I'll shut up. You go, you go. No, no, sorry, no, sorry. That's fine. Yeah, no, but I've like all these things. Like I've never read a thread because it's like this is a thing that's happening. Read this for more. It's like well, I've I've read the gist of it. That's fine. I don't really care about them. Like, I'm fine. I'm fine not to read the next twenty-seven things. Like I've read it. You just said there's a. I don't like this thing, or I like this thing. This is why I like this thing, and I'm like, oh, show thread. <sighs> Never. Like, as soon as he shows thread, I'm like, next. Like, I don't. Like, I don't care. <laughs> it's tr it's a problem because it gets to the point where you could be reading something that maybe you're quite sympathetic to at the beginning, yeah. and then it's just thinking, well, you know, if they don't wrap it up in a few more paragraphs, it's like I'm out. It's not even gonna get a like or a hug, or a hug emoji or whatever. It's just like. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Well, I've done is quite good. There's two things I've done which has been really good for. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, like muting words and things like that. Yeah, so, that's interesting. I've not done that. Yeah. yeah. And hashtags. There's things like you go. This is going to annoy me, so I just mute that. So what so have then, you mute? What have you muted then? Oh God, it makes me sound like the worst man in the world if I explain oh, the things. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Basically, I have no interest in this. It's not that. It's just that I have no interest in being bombarded constantly with never-ending slew of tweets all saying the same thing about this this topic. Like, well, one of the things I've done, one of the things I have, I have muted is I've muted um, uh, this, just the word this. So when people go this, oh yeah, 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 I've right. muted that because any, anything that's ever this or this yeah. is just, yeah, like, just it's just going to be massively like. But does that not mean that anyone that says um, blah, blah, blah this week? Well, possibly, but I'm like prepared to risk that. Wow, that is quite a trade-off, Richard, I have to say. Yeah, I'm like... No, no. I mean, job if offers I, coming if in. That, if I could mute... Emo I think if I could mute that emoji and like that emoji, yeah. I would mute those as well because that, I'm not going to want to read that. It's going to be bullshit. Yeah, I've got to say, I am so 100% uh, with you there. I mean, if you can't... If you want to draw attention to someone, uh, something, and you want to at least give some kind of idea of why it is that it's good. It's just like, you can't just say this or that, or they don't say that, it's always this. And it's just like, no, that isn't an argument because you know that the thought process going on behind that person's, you know, share of an article link, this. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've just slam dunked. I've just won the argument. It's like, and it's no. Always, and it's always going to be sharing something, which even if it's good, it's going to have that, like, antagonistic clickbaity headline which is infuriating to read do you know and immediately puts you off yeah. reading any further it's like this something aggressive <laughs> you know it's like, oh, I, like, I might agree with it but I, all I, I couldn't get past the something aggressive and I'm like well, I'm not interested in this like you know that's the, you know. Tyr that's the tyranny of a headline though isn't it in the sense of yeah. like 
you know, they're, well, they're not re always representative and they, they're obviously there to sort of grab eyeballs. But, but yeah, I do, I do sort of hate that. It's like, it's just like the slam dunk approach to arguments. It's like, no, no, my friend, you've only just begun the argument. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, brilliant wow. stuff. Oh, so the actual, yeah, so we, we've done that. We've read that tweet. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, gosh, um, we've done really well. We got through the Matt Hancock odyssey uh, <laughs> and we've got, <laughs> we've got through all of your, um, we got through all of your five tweets uh, today. So I'm just showing everyone that your, your page there so that they can follow oh. you and, and all the rest of it. Um, what are you up to? What, what would you like to plug? It's this point of the show. Oh. What, what am I not up to? I'm not up to very much now. Well, um, well, I mean, mainly just sort of I try and post things that are amusing. So if you like sarcastic jokes, uh, follow me. Uh, my name's Richard Sandling. But if you Google me, I'm like the only Richard Sandling. And that is not just a Google sort of, uh, what do they call it, confirmation bias of Google just telling you what you want to hear. It's like I'm the only Richard Sandling. So if you Google me, you'll find all the interesting things that I am doing. Uh, but one thing I'd like to do is, you see there's a thing uh, on my thing. It says Vimeo.com on demand phase. Mm. Uh, I made a film during the first lockdown uh, uh, entirely on Zoom. It's like a feature film that I made on, on Zoom during Ooh. the first lockdown with like some comedians and that. So it's uh, if you want to watch that, it's very funny. It's got um, me in it. Uh, got some of the sort of newer people like uh, the great like Katie Pritchard and people like that, and like you know, John Henry Fowles in it. Um, Stu Goldsmith's in it. Uh, got cameos from like Phil Jupiter's and Eggsy from Goldie Looking Chain, and got Stephen <laughs> in my dad. Uh, it's just basically like a Zoom movie where it all takes place on Zoom because that's the medium of the thing. And as you can see, I'm doing this with my hair because that's what I do in that poster. But yes, it's basically oh, yeah. just like comedy about a performer hanging around on Zoom, made all entirely, entirely remotely via Zoom. So uh, you should watch that. It's oh. cheap to rent or buy, and it's very funny. And it's got like it's like a feature film. So some things are made, you know, it's an actual like 84 minutes and there's like musical numbers, poetry, there's a dance routine. Uh, you know, it's all sorts, swearing, brilliant. Uh, Very good so, stuff. Uh, get your laugh, get your laughing gear around that, people. It's funny, it's funny. It's like Primer, I can describe it, it's like Primer meets Clerks uh, or uh, Ferris Bueller's Day In. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, brilliant. Richard, thank you so much. Um, that oh, was, that was great. I mean, keep supporting this brilliant night. Uh, so it's brilliant. I'll give say that. It's like it's the, good old, the old comedians come back. Keep supporting this, this night. It's a wonderful gig. No, but keep watching this. It's a lovely thing to be part of. And I hope you, if you don't, you watching at home have enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed it, uh, keep watching it. Watch it next week. I mean, I won't be here, but there'll be someone else. Spread oh, me. Absolutely. But, well, actually, I'm, that's brilliant. I can segue. I can let people know that um, Maddie Campion will be with us next week. That's eight o'clock again here on Zoom, obviously streaming to Twitch, hopefully, <laughs> but definitely YouTube and definitely Facebook Live. Um, so, yeah, please do follow Richard uh, at Squat Betty, at, um, Squat underscore Betty. Uh, please do follow us at LKT Zoom um, on Twitter. It'd be fantastic. Go to YouTube. You can watch tonight's show. If you've been watching the football, for example, uh, you can watch tonight's show afterwards. The stream will be there to do that. Um, all the details for us are, are scrolling above our heads as well. So the, our website um, and, our, again, the Twitter handle. And, you know, subscribe to us on YouTube. I, I want to say that again. I can't, say, I can't say it enough. I just want a short handle. I just want a short handle. That's all I want. And then, um, then I can retire. Um, so it's been a fantastic night. I've really enjoyed it. I'm really glad that we got through um, as much as we did. Um, so it just leaves me, hopefully gets his mouse in order. It just leaves me to say goodbye streamers from both of us. Goodbye, Bye. goodbye, goodbye. We hope you enjoyed listening to the show. Please do check out the other podcasts in the series. If you go to our website, www.letskilltwitter.com, you'll find all our previous shows listed and you can find links to the YouTube versions as well as audio files. If you'd like to support our work, you can do via buymeacoffee.com. If you go to their website, you'll find a Let's Kill Twitter page set up for donations. But anything you can do is much appreciated. A like, a follow, a recommendation to a friend, it all counts. Once again, thanks for listening. We hope to be in your ears again very soon.